I want to share with you about setting goals. Father, in Jesus' name, bless this message to the ears that we would prosper from your Holy Spirit leading us, and we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 8. It says this, But the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand. The noble make noble plans. They set goals, and then those deeds they stand by, and and it accounts for something. It's not a bad thing to set goals. I know, thy will be done. I understand that. If we do not include God in the deeds and the goals that we have, then we're at a deficit for sure. But if we're including God in those things, then we're starting out with a real positive in our lives. Your goals minus your doubts equal reality. I'm going to say that again. Your goals minus your doubts equal your reality. We can set goals and then there's some time. I mean, I'd like to be a brain surgeon, to be very honest with you. Oh, I like neurosurgery. I mean, I like neuroscience. I've studied it for several years. Got certificates in it. It goes well with counseling. I love that. I thought, what would it be like to be a neurosurgeon? And then I found out I can get into your head, but that's the only thing I can do. I can crack it open, but that's it. (laughs) The great, great, great likelihood you're going to (laughs) die. Just some things I don't have. I don't have the giftings for. So setting goals and looking at the reality of that I think is very um, strategic to our lives. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. Let's take a look here at setting goals. Isaiah 50, verse 7. Because the sovereign Lord helps me. Would you say helps me? Helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, like a flint. I'm just, boom, pointing at something. Determined to do his will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. Why? Because, number one, I'm seeking out the sovereign Lord. Number two, I know he helps me. He's for me. He's not against me. And as I set my face like a stone toward the thing that God is um, wanting me to accomplish, or my heart's desire, and I believe it's God, and I'm determined to do that, we will not be shamed. He's a mighty God. He's a powerful God. He is forced not against us, and he wants to accomplish things in our lives. I mean, he could do it every day. He could just simply do it. We could just wake up and just say, God, you know, would you just take care of this and take care of my finances? And oh, by the way, Lord, you know, I got testing today. If you just kind of, you know, kind of magically put it on the paper and just have it all together like that, that'd be fine. He's not going to do any of that stuff. None of it. But he's going to get you to set some goals and he's going to challenge you to be determined so that he can meet you in that journey. The book of Isaiah is filled uh, with sobering accounts of Israel's sin, rebellion, and watching for the judgment that was going to come to them because there was up and down and up and down. Israel was always good and it was bad. But along with all of that, all the warnings, Isaiah um, also offers this tremendous message of hope. I'm giving you a paraphrase of this. This this tremendous message of hope uh, about a suffering servant, a coming Messiah who is coming to establish God's kingdom on earth and create a new Jerusalem. So Isaiah is telling the Jews all of this. Isaiah, it says, set his face like 
a stone and he was determined to fulfill, he was determined to finish the will of God, the calling of God on his life, that thing that God had put on him for the season that God put it on him. You know, we, we have, uh, there's seasons in our lives. We do things for certain seasons, then he moves us on. You know, we, we do this and we do that and it's good and God blesses us and then we move on, we do something else. So in the season that God uh, has us, we want to gain and, 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 and be able to absorb everything that he has for us because we're going to be moved to the next season and the next and the next until you get as old as I am. I have a couple new seasons. Man, they plumb me for another 100,000 miles. I'm ready to go, I'm telling you. I'm good to go. As a result of Isaiah um, not giving up and determined to bring that word to the children of Israel, uh, he was setting a goal. And um, Israel now, for the first time, really understood the end times and the coming Messiah. They hadn't really known to the extent that Isaiah was talking with them about that. So Isaiah's reward to the Jews was his determination. If it wasn't for his determination, if it wasn't for him setting the goal, if it wasn't for him hearing from God, if it wasn't him saying, Lord, this sounds crazy, I don't know whether they're even going to listen to me, but I'm going to say it anyway, as a result of that, his determination was the reward for Israel, and they heard all of those things about the coming Messiah. Awesome. It was his commitment to the voice of God and to follow that voice of God through. Listen, setting goals is the first step and turning the invisible into the visible, right? How many dreamers do we have here? You ever dream dreams and just said, God, wow, it'd be awesome to do that, to accomplish that. Ask me anything in my name, and that will I do, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. Anything you do for the gospel of Jesus Christ, propagating the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the will of God. And you can be assured of it. Dream and dream big. Don't stop dreaming because it's the enemy's job to pop your dreams wherever you go. And if you don't think that's not going to happen, well, a lot of things I could say. See, I'd sell you the Brooklyn Bridge for a dime, but that's so old, right? You know, Nehemiah uh, had a goal, and his goal was to build a wall. And um, he's between, he's talking to King Artaxerxes. And you know the whole story. He's not supposed to be, you know, down in the mouth and all that stuff. But he had a goal. He's going to the king and he's saying, you know, uh, and the king says, what's your problem? You seem kind of depressed. What's, what's your issue? Well, king, you, got, you know, I'm telling you, it's just, we got the city going on and we're rebuilding Jerusalem, but we ain't got no wall. And as a result of that, he didn't really say all this. I don't know. Maybe the conversation was longer than what the scripture says. But historically, uh, uh, our enemies are coming in and battering us. They're beating us up. They're killing some of our people. We got critters coming in. And, you know, animals coming in and biting some of our people and messing them up. We need a wall around us to protect the city. And I'm burdened about it. But I have a dream. My name is not Dr. Martin Luther King, okay? But I have a dream. And I have this goal to build this wall. And I believe 
that not only <laughs> this guy had a lot of nerve, I'm telling you, I love him. King, uh, not only do I have this burden to build this wall, but you know, um, I'm just wondering if you could give us access to the place to build the wall. And by the way, could you just, can we have some of your timber on top of that so that we can cut your timber down and then build this wall? Can we have all the materials? Can we have all the stuff that we need to build this wall? He's talking to the king now. I mean, I would just say, can you help us build the wall? He's going to say, you know, how long is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be so much time, and okay, I'll be back. He's asking him for all this stuff. He had, a lot of, he had a lot of faith is what he had. And guess what? The king gave him it all. He gave him everything he wanted because he had a goal. He couldn't give it up. He wouldn't give it up. Nehemiah said he's faced like a stone to this goal, and he was determined, he was committed to see the thing through no matter how hard it was. He was going to see it through. <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm saying this. I say this because here it comes. It's coming right to you. I'm saying this because God has led you here to EBIC, like I said, Saturday. Not by mistake. You could be doing anything. You could be doing anything you want. You don't have to be here. But you're here by divine appointment. Here is where you find yourself. Now, if here is where you find, found yourself, and you're here to, and God's led you here by the Holy Spirit, at least you feel to do so, then you need to hunker in. And you need to begin to set some goals because those goals will refine you and define you for the rest of your life. Set your face like a stone. Be determined to finish the goal that God has set for you. That's the reason I had this message this particular week. Set your course to your designated destination. And what would that be? I don't mean to sound so academic because I'm not an academic, but that would be graduating. Can somebody say amen? Ah, come on. Can somebody say amen to me? All right. Graduating, it's not a dirty word. It's a good thing. Whether you're in a one-year program, whether you're in a two-year program, or whether you're in a four-year program uh, in degrees, it doesn't make any difference. You need to know that something, something very clear from the outset is going to happen to you. The enemy, you need to know this, it's very true. The enemy does not want you here. He doesn't want you here for a very specified and specific reason. You're trouble to him. He doesn't like you. And he doesn't like you in a spirit-filled Bible college, and I can tell you that. He knows what's going to happen in you here at Elam Bible Institute and College, and that messes with his plans out there in today's disturbing culture. What God will do in you, the enemy is upset because it's going to affect out there which he is all, he's causing all kinds of havoc. He knows that you possess, like check it out, the answer. You're going to possess what it takes, the answer, the hope, uh, a sacrificing servant, a Messiah God that will be able to set the captives free. And he's going to do Everything that he can do, the enemy, to mess with your mind and stop your goals. Because out there, and you must have noticed, it's a wreck. 
and it's becoming a wreck throughout the days. I'm not political. I'm not going to make political statements behind the pulpit here. But I just, I just talk sin. It's a mess out there. It's a mess. I've never seen it like this. However, it's not like a new mess. Sin's been around for a long, long, long time. There's been a lot of horrible things happen throughout history. Uh, it's not like we invented it. This is like, you know, new, brand new sin, you know, and, and the people in the United States of America and Western worlds around the country, they're just for the first time messing their lives up. No, this is, this is not. How many know that this is God's size? Amen? That God can take care of all of this. How many believe it? Come on, talk to me. How many are willing to be part of God's plan? How many are willing to set your goal as a flint like a stone to receive all that God has for you so that you might be able to infect in a good and healthy, godly way a society that seems to be going mad? Whether you're in the ministry, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a missionary, whether you're a business person, whether you're a, you know, whatever you're going to be in life, God wants to use you and bring great and wondrous things into your life out there. But the enemy knows what he can do to discourage you. Many of you are uh, returning students here at EBIC. So you've already gone through what we call the crucible or the Elam hammer or the Elam vice. How many have ever, uh, I'm just talking to the, yeah, listen, this is true. This is therapy, okay? So you can raise your hands, all right? So how many of you have, uh, how many of you uh, returning students have said, you know, I had a couple issues last year. <laughs> How many over in the staff can say, I had a couple issues last year? <laughs> yep. It's really encouraging for our new students, isn't it? <laughs> so many of the returning students, yeah, you've gone through the crucible. And the crucible kind of looks like maybe... Uh, Maybe I'm supposed to not be here. Maybe I wasn't meant to be here. Maybe there was a mistake. Maybe I, maybe I should be going someplace else or doing something else. Perhaps I'm not cut out for Bible college or college in general. Uh, it's just not my thing. I thought it was, but, you know, I don't think it is. I mean, I'm, I'm missing home. I'm missing my dog. I'm missing my six cats. I'm missing, I would never miss my six cats. I don't have six cats. And that's not, I listen, not, no problem with those who love cats and have cats. Meow, 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 meow. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Wonderful cats. I would never harm a cat in my life. Uh, <laughs> I'm missing my friends. Oh, we would hang out, and we were just doing great things. And, and then, you know, that, you know, maybe my parents maybe forced me, not forced me, but kind of pressured me to come to Bible college. You know, I'm struggling. I'm, I struggle academically. I'm not the best academic person. Well, welcome to most of the class. Uh, and so um, I struggle sometimes financially. Oh, we have smart people here. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to get in trouble with the provost here. But we do, we do have very smart people here as well. Uh, hey, listen, smart is smart, you know. You're academically smart, and then you can uh, and then you know how to rebuild an engine. Right? I got, I got nine degrees. Well, come here. I wanna, uh, could you change my oil? Uh, what is oil? And what is, it, what is an oil pan? Do you, do you, like, fry things in that? You know, is that what you do? So it depends on how smart you are. Smart is smart is smart is smart. Um... I get hit with anxiety and depression, the national two things. 
Anxiety and depression. As a therapist, I know what that's like. It can be very debilitating at times. And the enemy is going to do everything he can to try to pop your goal and causing you to be defined by anxiety and depression. I'm going to tell you something. You are not defined by anxiety and depression. You're, you're only defined and your identity is in one thing and that is the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. And that is a fact. I find that it's really hard for me to socialize. I'm, I'm not good like that. You know, I, I like people, but I don't like to be around them. I like them. They're good. You know, I like to be in crowds. Hi, what's your name? Sorry. I, you know, I just, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm just, that's okay. We're, we're made different. But you know what? God is able to meet you there as well. And other people are talking. They talk all the time. And then there's some people, they would talk to anything. They would talk to you. They talk to you. They talk to you. They talk to a mannequin. It wouldn't make any difference who they talk to. They will just talk to anything. It doesn't even have to be moving. They'll just talk to it. And then there's those that really don't say a whole lot. They just, but when they say something, it's very important. It's like the old commercial E.F. Hutton. When he speaks, we listen. So it's okay, you know, you're, 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 nothing wrong with you. Or even maybe I'm struggling with my face. The crucible of all of that. Our returning students have experienced uh, all of this somewhat last year. They're going to experience some more. New students are going to experience it as well. But let me tell you something flat out. Flat out. The enemy does not want you to finish here at EBIC. Now, this is serious because the enemy wants you to not um, follow through with your goals, not just because of this school, because if you give it up here, you're going to give it up in other places. At least there's the possibility of that. And the enemy wants to set a precedent with you. Well, if I give up here and, all right, I gave up that and then I'll give up the other thing and then maybe, I'll, I, I, maybe that's not me. Next thing I know, I'm 32 years old and I'm in the basement of my parents' house just been playing games. Now, that's not for everybody. Not everybody plays those games. But you're wondering, what does God have for me? I'm telling you, God has a lot for you. You cannot give up here. You must not give up. I'm going to tell you straight out, the enemy doesn't want you to be here. Matter of fact, he doesn't want you to, I believe, finish the year. I would even go a little further with some of you, maybe a few of you, he's going to try to convince you to not even finish the semester. Staff knows. You may go, not me. I'm a woman of God. And I don't let the devil mess with me. Or I'm a man of God. No way I'm going to be here. Not a problem. Until something happens. Until all of a sudden he starts lying to you and speaking into your mind. And he will. God's not going to, allow, God's not going to stop all that. Because he wants you to have a balanced understanding. He wants you to know where the power is. So when the enemy comes, he steals, kills, and destroys. That's what he does. And he's very good at being very bad. He never stops that. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus didn't stop there, did he? He said, but I've come what? Come on, say it out loud. And have it more abundantly. He never, he's, he's more powerful than the enemy. So when it comes to knocking on your mind's door and him intimidating you and him trying to stop your goals, what are you going to do about it? What is it that you're going to do about it? Let me go over very quickly with you three keys to goal setting. This will not be long. I just want to give you 
a tad bit of information on each one. Three keys to goal setting. Number one, uh, your faith. Your faith. Your faith is the paramount and most important one. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says this, For everyone is born of God, overcomes the world. Would you say overcomes? I like it. I like the whole part of overcoming. It lets me know that the enemy doesn't have the upper hand. We have the upper hand. In Christ, as a result of the cross, we overcome. Even when we think we're not, we're down on our backs. God, you know, when our last breath, we think, here he comes to the rescue like, a, like the Calvary man. It just comes somehow, some way, and he always wants to do the best thing for us. Overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Faith. The number one thing. J.R.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings guy, said this. He said, faithless is he that says, farewell when the road darkens. When it gets tough, I'm out of here. Do not be defined by that. It's just too hard. <laughs> What's hard is what the enemy is playing in your brain, your cranium, and tries to mess with you. This isn't hard. How many have been in the military here? One? Okay, two? You're in the army, brother? You're in the army. I was in the Air Force. They sometimes don't categorize that as the military. <laughs> uh, that, you know, when somebody's screaming at you and yelling at you and threatening you and spitting all over your face, and you got to be here at that time and not that time, and you got to, you know, oh, they disorient you. That's a little hard, especially if you're a Marine, which I never was, which is the reason I went in the Air Force, because I wanted it nice and easy where there was air-conditioned barracks. That's what I wanted. Huh? You're going to pray for me? I'm praying that the air conditioning gets fixed around this place. That's what I'm praying. Yeah. It, they're, they're working on it. We're putting a brand new system in, okay? So, we're putting a brand new system in. We're putting, we're putting a brand new system in the, the student center and in the dining, dining hall and, and down below. And everywhere is going to be cool and everywhere is going to be warm. Uh, wherever it's cool, I told the guys I'm making, I said, just make my room for, because I guess uh, it depends. I'm the president now, but whoever's going to be the president next, they may want another room. But I said, well, make my room like the Antarctic with a fan on my face. That's what I want. Yeah. I make it cold like that. <laughs> the enemy is trying to darken your road as much as he possibly can and rob you of your purpose. And the most important thing that you're going to be able to do is strengthen your faith with daily charging. Try not to get your device charged up, okay? Let that not be charged up and see what happens. It's not going to work. You must be trying. We're going to go through a lot of Bible. There's great theology. There's great this. There's great that. It's wonderful. But it's never an excuse for not sh just opening the Word of God and reading and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He sharpens us and helps us. Battle requires sharpened weapons. The word of God. Because God is very big. He is, he is awesome. He is, he is large. He can do the impossible. You can believe and trust what he says because your best intentions are his. He is trustworthy and faithful.
successful forever. And you can put that in the bank and draw interest on it. Setting goals, set your goal first with your faith. Uh, goal number two, commitment. Commitment. Psalms chapter 37, verses five and six. Commit yourself or everything, pardon me, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make you, uh, uh, your innocence radiate like the dawn and the uh, justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. It says, trust him, commit, trust him, and he's going to do good things in your life. He also often ends up doing good things in your life regardless because he loves you so much. But God's not codependent. He's not going to say, you're doing nothing, so I'll just do everything for you. Don't raise your hands. Do not want you to. How many of you are lazy? How many don't like the work? How many would rather mom and dad do it? Don't raise your hand. I can see smiles, though. Yeah, you know, this... It's like, you know, well, if I, if I had my way, you know, praise God Almighty, if somebody else could do the work for me, well, that's a good thing because maybe they can do it better than I can. So, therefore, I've achieved something. They've gotten it, done it better, but you've got nothing and you've attained nothing. Joshua understood the power of commitment because near the end of his life, he pulled all of the leaders and all of the, uh, uh, the elders and everybody together, and he shared with them about the historical roots that they had in God. And, he, and Israel challenged, uh, pardon me, uh, 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 yes, Joshua challenged Israel to commit themselves to God, no matter what. Set the goals for God. And if you set a goal, he's going to see you through. Matter of fact, in Joshua chapter 24, verse 1, it says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes, and he said to them, Joshua spoke, and he said to them eventually, um, spoke to them about, what God had done through Moses and through Aaron. So basically he said, he told them all the powerful and glorious and wonderful things that happened under the hands of Aaron and Moses. And as a result of that, in uh, Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, I'm not going to read it all, but he's talking about no fear. He, said, now, don't, he says, now fear the Lord and, and serve him. No fear with man, fear God with all faithfulness. And then he talks about, you know, you can worship all these different gods and the Euphrates and Amorites and all the things that they have. You can do whatever you want. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to set my goals high and I'm going to believe God to attain them. Like, well, I set goals and they never pan out. Man, I always have bad luck. Don't talk about luck. Maybe fortune. No luck. We don't have luck, good or bad luck. Well, who we have is God. It doesn't always work out, I know. It doesn't always work out the way we want it or the timing that we want it. I wish God would do that often, but he doesn't. But he always works things out. He never allows us to just kind of glance in the abyss. Number three and finally. Well, I want to share one thing with you about commitment. Commitment... Um, it's courage to see the thing through no matter what. And commitment is saying yes and yes and never no. Commitment is being loyal when no one else is. And commitment is being reliable when reliability is not in vogue anymore. Commitment is keeping the course even during the worst of the storm. To see it through no matter what the enemy throws at you.
Commitment, second. And third and last, perseverance in setting goals. Perseverance. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, forgetting what lies behind and straining or persevering toward what lies ahead. Matter of fact, that's our scripture. This part of it is at least verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You can see it. You saw it when you came in. You'll see it when we leave. That's the goal. That's the verse we have this year. This is the verse that's going to carry us on. In 1992, um, the Olympic Games were held in Barcelona, Spain. I remember seeing them on the, on the television. There was a British runner, his name was Derek Redman, and Derek ripped out his hamstring on the 400-meter semifinal race. I mean, he ripped it out, and he fell smack dab right on the track, and he was struggling to get up. He could barely get up. Matter of fact, he really couldn't get up, and he finally got up, and he was dragging his leg because he had to reach that finish line, even though he knew he wasn't going to win, he had to reach it. It was a goal that he had had all of his life. And then he was hobbling. It was a terrible thing to see, but inspirational at the same time. His father came out of the stands and took his son and was trying to move him toward the side so they could tend to him and, and uh, Derek would have none of it. So Derek refused to quit. He leaned on his father and the two of them limped to the finish lines in deafening Applause. He would not quit under the most severe pain he had ever experienced in his life, under circumstances of which he should have stopped immediately. He didn't. He pressed on and he pressed on and he pressed on. Here at Elam, you're going to find great inspirational victories and breakthroughs and great accomplishments but you're also going to find setbacks and you're going to find disappointments and you're going to find challenges. But through it all, persevere. Listen, set your goal right now. Do it. Leaning on your father, as it were, going toward the finish line, entering into a deafening applause of all of heaven, rooting you on as you meet that goal. Do not Give up. No matter what the enemy says, do not do it. In closing, I want to say this. We, I talked Saturday about a, a uh, changing the world. And I called you culture changers, and you are. You are the ones God wants to use. We are the ones that are preparing things in you to give all that we possibly can to accommodate and, and complement the giftings of God that are already in you. Culture changers. That's who you are. Fulfilling your experience here at Elam Bible Institute and College will prove not only to make you aware of who you are or what you're made of, but I think more importantly than that, you're going to find out what you're made for. And there's a difference there. What I'm made of, it's good stuff. What are you made for? Find out. Want to find out. 
Trust God to find out. You are not here as a result of just showing up. You've been appointed by God. This is a wonderful opportunity. It will make you, it will cause you to grow, it will enlarge you, and it will do exceedingly abundant things within your heart, your mind, and your spirit to change what God has for you to change out there. How many are stoked about that? Amen? Stand to your feet. How many ready? Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, how many are ready? How many are ready? I want you to very quickly, if you would, before we, um, before we close, uh, I want you to simply to lay your hands on the person to the left or the right if you're there. And just all you're going to do is in your own words, you're going to pray, Lord, help them to set their goals. Lord, help them to be determined. Lord, help them to stick in here. Help them to be able to fight all that the enemy is going to try to do to us because we know that you're bigger than he is. You're greater than he is. And Father, you are most powerful and there's nothing he can do outside of what you allow him to do in our lives. And if you allow him to do anything, it's only for our good. Pray that prayer, if you would, please, just very, very uh, openly to them. Father, in Jesus' name, we believe it. Mm. We're believing you. We're believing you. We're believing you. Amen. Listen, just turn to your neighbor and said, he's in you, and that's all you need. Amen. God bless you.